in conversation. Are you vaccinated, and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and have made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Um, there's guys who've been vaccinated that contracted COVID. Um, so it's it's an interesting issue. It, I think we're going to see played out the entire season. I'm not sure what they're going to do with, you know, the testing schedule. I know that talking to JC, the PA, had talked about testing every single day for everybody. Uh, the league obviously, I think, shot that down or, or didn't want to do that. I don't know if that was financially incentivized or, or whatnot, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens if we can, uh, you know, if the, if the protocols change at some point. Um, it's obviously something that's that's moving. It's it's. Uh, Are you vaccinated? And what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, Welcome into Triple Zeros. I'm your host, Josh Bellcalter. This is the Anti-Hot Take Sports Show, and that voice was Aaron Rodgers. Three words. Three words. Yeah, I've been immunized. Oh, wait, four words. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I've been immunized. It's really it's really five words because it's a contraction, but we're not going to get into all that. Welcome into the show. Uh, like I said, this is the Anti-Hot Take Sports Show. I'm your host, Josh Bellcalter. Follow me on Twitter, at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, clockersports.com, email address, clockersports at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at three zeros pod. That's the number three zeros and pod. That was Aaron Rodgers talking about his uh, vaccinated status or lack thereof in front of reporters after it was uh, determined that he would be ineligible to play this weekend as they take on the Chiefs Green Bay does. Uh, Rodgers is in uh, health and COVID protocols. They just had Devontae Adams in COVID protocols last week. They were without him in the win. Um, and to be honest with you, there's more to this story than just him simply saying immunized. That word is being has a lot of attention on it today. Um, and we'll get into that shortly. But first, <laughs> the uh, Indianapolis Colts just got done manhandling the, the New York Jets. Mike White had to leave this game. Uh, Josh Johnson ended up finishing it for the Jets at quarterback. Uh, the the Colts ran all over him. We're not even going to get into it because honestly, it was a. It, I don't want to say it was boring because the Colts actually did some really interesting things. Um, I think that that I don't know. I don't say that we didn't expect because we kind of expected that coming in from them, but we hadn't seen it this season yet. They've been so up and down, and so to see them actually get a good victory off again on, against a really lowly team. So I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh man, they're you know they're world beaters you know we had friend of the show jj stankovitz on um colts writer colts beat writer and it was we were talking about mike strand and i'd asked him at the time about michael pittman and um he was saying that he he michael pittman's gonna have a good year 
but he didn't know if he would be, you know, the breakout guy because of how they typically run their offense, and that's spreading the ball around. I think we've seen kind of a shift, and it might just be more of a Wentz shift than a shift in philosophy for the Colts, in that Wentz, as we saw in Philadelphia, has a tendency to kind of find that big-bodied receiver down the field, and that's Pittman. It was Alshon Jeffrey in Philly. It is Pittman here in Indianapolis. And so, um, again, I just think it's really good to see them kind of starting to put some stuff together here as they are as they are are trying to get themselves in gear. Like I said, it's a it's it's it was going to be Tennessee's division to run away with. Um, and we'll get to why that's not the case in just a second here. Um, but so you got Indianapolis now sitting there at uh, three or four and five, and they're only three games back of Tennessee, who has yet to play this weekend again. Um, and I guess we could just get into it right now and talk about it. Derrick Henry is out for Tennessee for the for the foreseeable future. There is some uh, speculation that he could return by week 16. That's on the very, very, very uh, quick end on fast healing and stuff. And it's a Jones fracture. He's a big dude, 260 or six, two, six foot three, 250, something like that. Uh, and that's a lot of pounding to take on the foot on a bone that has typically been, you know, uh, difficult to heal. So. I'm not going to bank on that, but it's possible that he comes back around week 16. Um, and it's even more likely, though, that he comes around for a playoff push if they're able to hold on. Now, I do think we're going to see quite the test here from the uh, Titans, who are, again, 6-2. and two. Um, and, and what is it that Ryan Tannehill really is? Because I've long been of the volition that, you know, people say, oh, he helped unlock Derrick Henry. I kind of feel like Derrick Henry helped unlock him and that Derrick Henry just needed a, a, a competent passer to competently pass so that he could run rough shot over the league. Um, we're about to see what happens. Is it Tannehill that was opening up the running lanes? Cause they're going to have to make do with a couple of guys. It's going to be Jeremy McNichols this weekend and Dontro Hillier, but then they got Adrian Peterson off the, out of nowhere. There's a, I, I shared, it was great. A meme. Uh, it was a meme or was a gif. I'm not sure if it was motion or not. Can't remember which one was happening at this way, but I know who was in it. And that was undertaker. And it was talking about how Derek Henry breaks foot Adrian Peterson, it was Undertaker popping out of the out of the casket, and it's true, man. Because honestly, I don't think anybody was even thinking about AP this year. There's a couple of runners out there that have been mentioned as free agents, and AP has not been one of them. Um, it's surprising, you know. I, I guess uh, maybe I, I still think I'm kind of surprised that Todd Gurley hasn't gotten a call. I know that his knees don't hold up, but but he's still a big body dude and showed a knack for getting into the end zone. Even last year, as he it was clear that he just wasn't the same guy. So. Um, I'm a little bit surprised to see that he hasn't gotten more uh, attention from anybody. But young season, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows how how it'll all end up playing out? I just think that you know they're going to find out what age. If there's a situation, and I saw this somewhere else, if there's a situation that is conducive for an older running back, and then for an older running back like Adrian Peterson, it's Tennessee. Right, they're a heavy run team. They're a slower paced, or well, not slower paced, but they're a heavier run team, and they're going to lean on the guy like him. And they got weapons to take the pressure off of him in, in other facets of the game, so that he doesn't have to worry about being anything more than just a running back. So, uh, big loss with Derrick Henry. We'll see what Adrian Peterson has left. That division now is up for grabs, and the Colts took their first step in trying to make their way back into the hunt for the division. So, moving right along, Calvin Ridley. Stepping away from football uh, to focus on his mental health, Ridley is having his worst season yet as a pro uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, who are struggling themselves um, right now. And to be honest with you, we all could have probably seen this coming, a rebuild, a rebuild maybe not as bad as it's gone for Ridley, um, who right now is 
hasn't played in a couple of, what was he? Man, hasn't played in three games. Two games because they've only played this, uh, six. I can't, man, I got to remember their bye week schedule. My goodness. I am well, but he's only caught um, 39. What is happening here? Hasn't played this season. Let me get this back. Let me get myself back here. I'm on the wrong Ridley. Um, that's why it doesn't look right. I'm like, what's happening? Why, why do none of these stats look correct? I'm looking at his brother. I don't even know why that would pop up. First and foremost. So this is why you get your stats ahead of time instead of trying to get the stats in real time so that you can react to them as you pop up on your screen. Now, <laughs> uh, as I was saying, Ridley has missed the last three games. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Last game. What the hell am I talking about? My gosh, man. I'm going to scrub all of this. <laughs> um, Ridley has missed this last week as the uh, Falcons were, were on their bye here. And they were bye week six. They were on by, they, he missed last week's game with, as he was dealing with personal issues. All this segment is going to be redone when I get the, the audio version of the podcast. So let's try and get this properly from the top. Calvin Ridley is stepping away from football to deal with personal uh, mental health issues. He missed last week's game for this very personal issues. Um, and now it comes out that he will be stepping away for a while. The Falcons are not doing very well. They are currently, uh, was it three and four, two and four? I believe they are. This season and really having a rough go of things in Arthur Smith's first year um, at the helm, they kind of stuck with Matt Ryan a little bit too long. The defense hasn't been good in quite some time. And without Julio Jones there, things are a little bit different for Calvin Ridley, who this season has a total of 31 catches, 281 yards, and two touchdowns. He's averaging 56 yards per game. That is only more than his rookie season when he had 51.3 yards per game. And his touchdown percentage right now is, uh, where would it go? Well, it just popped up on me and reset. Doesn't want me to see it, so we're going to keep on moving. Um, it's been a rough year for Ridley. Like I said, man, I'm not sure what Atlanta was thinking holding on to Matt Ryan this long. At some point, you kind of got to cut bait. That's one of the, the beautiful things about New England. You can say what you want about how they've gone through this lull right now and they're trying to get back up, but imagine if they had Well, I guess if they'd held on to Brady, they'd have won more Super Bowl. So I scratch that. Bad example trying to go to New England. More often than not, though, it behooves you to move on a year too soon than a, than a year too late. And right now, it seems like the Falcons are kind of stuck in limbo with not much uh, in the way of, you know, hope for turning it around rather quickly. And that's usually what you get when you bring in a rookie quarterback. So um, enjoy Kyle Pitts, though. I like him. Just don't think that, that was the right move. And I think they're kind of seeing that right now as they go. So um, we'll see how that all plays out. Like I said, man, took a long way, a long route to get there. And I'll probably leave it all back in because that was quite the journey to get to that small store that I was trying to share. Hopefully Ridley gets the help that he needs and he comes back better than ever because he was a stud uh, early. He's been a stud so far in his career. And so you hate to see somebody step away from things like this. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Uh Charged with a DUI that has led to the death of a 23-year-old woman out in Las Vegas. Um, reports are Ruggs was doing 156 miles per hour just before crashing to the Toyota Camry, I believe it was, that burst into flames. Reports are that he tried to save the woman, but she was trapped inside uh, and succumbed to the flames that were engulfing the car. This is tragic all the way around, and I'm not going to condemn Henry Ruggs. I'm not here to defend Henry Ruggs either. Um, terrible thing that happened. I'm sure that he feels absolutely awful. He lost a friend to a car accident uh, that he now dedicates his touchdown celebrations to, or he dedicated touchdown celebrations to. The Raiders have released him. Um, And there's been some debate about him getting back into the league and stuff, but you're so far beyond that right now that I don't think that that should even come to anybody's mind because I think that there has to be a lot 
going through that family's mind. They need consoling his mind because I, you, I, I don't even want to imagine how that feels having to go through something like that. And again, his is not even the worst pain of it all. So uh, a tough situation. I, I football is the furthest thing. You just pray for everybody involved in that 156 miles per hour. He was under the influence and they said that his blood alcohol level was twice the legal limit. Um, drinking and driving is horrible. Drinking and driving and speeding is, is I, this is what happens. And it, you, you never want to see anything turn out this way. Um, again, prayers for everybody involved and for their family. I, I just don't know. Football is the furthest thing from his mind. He's got so much else going on right now. And, it just it's it's a, a tough thing, man. We just had the guys, um, and I'm, I don't want to mess up his name, uh, but Brandon Boston's teammate from Kentucky, who died in the car crash leaving practice. Um, that was he was sober. This is a DUI. You you it's it's tough enough out there on the road without impairing yourself further. So uh, don't <laughs> plain and simple. Just don't do it. You you, you hate to hear that. That's that's tough, man. Uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody involved. New Orleans Saints quarterback Jameis Winston has torn his ACL and MCL uh, and has, oh, I'm sorry, he tore his ACL and he has damage to his MCL. Um, for the, And it's it's really tragic. It happened on a not a horse collar tackle, but a tackle that was uh, really close to one, and, and you saw him kind of buckle his legs there. Uh, it's, it's tough to see because Jameis has really fought his way into being, I don't want to say one of the better quarterbacks, but he's definitely been a much more stable quarterback than he's been at any other point in his career. And that was his big knock. Um, everybody knew about the talent, 30 touchdowns. You know, it's not that's not a secret that he's a talented player. Uh, but could he cut down on the interceptions? And I think that, you know, the surprise to many, he has 14 touchdowns, three picks. Um, 7.3 yards per attempt, 1,100 yards, 1,170 yards. 59% completion is where the problem lies because he has been a little bit scattered. But then again, you have to also look at the weapons that he's had. Um, name me a receiver. If, if the casual fan is not capable of naming a, a Saints receiver, unless they're a Saints fan, and I mean that in the most respectful way. Uh, Michael Thomas recently was supposed to start returning to practice, but he just got shut down again after a setback with his ankle injury. He probably won't be a Saint next year. Um, and it's just a brutal, brutal blow for a team that honestly was just trying to find its stride sitting there at 5-2. and two. They were doing their thing with Jameis. And to have that happen to him, man, you just you just you hate to see it. Again, he was cleaning the 14 touchdowns, three picks. 28 and 6 for a season. Not a lot of yards. Not not the 5,000 we've seen from Drew Brees and company in, in recent years, but I mean, that's tough. That's tough. It was a tough weekend for in- injuries. Um not, this is not an injury, but this is definitely something that's going to remove somebody from the game. And you heard about it in the opening act there the before the, we actually so started the show. And let's get you that video in full so you can hear exactly what's going on and get a little bit of the background after we get to the full clip. Here it is. In conversation, are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and have made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Um, there's guys who have been vaccinated that contracted COVID. Um, so it's, it's an interesting issue. It, I think we're going to see 
played out the entire season. I'm not sure what they're going to do with, you know, the testing schedule. I know that talking to JC, the PA had talked about testing every single day for everybody. Uh, the league obviously, I think, shot that down or, or didn't want to do that. I don't know if that was financially incentivized or, or whatnot, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens if we can, uh, you know, if the, if the protocols change at some point. Um, it's obviously something that's that's moving. It's it's. Uh, and so there you have Aaron Rodgers, Packers quarterback, talking about his status as being immunized. And when it happened initially, it kind of just went by and nobody really thought much of it. But then not much later, people started to catch on to the fact that he specifically said immunized when asked if he was vaccinated. And there's been a lot of discourse in between since that point of whether or not the journalist should have pushed back and said, hey, well, you know, I'm asking specifically about are you vaccinated for COVID-19? Um, he has been doing a whole homeopathic, holistic nature, naturopathic, however you want to term it out. Term, yeah. <laughs> this has been a rough speaking go for me. So he has been doing the natural path. Um, a lot of people are trying to blame his girlfriend, Shailene Woodley, on it because that's what she believes in, whatever the case may be. The big problem is that Rogers basically let most to believe that he was vaccinated way back in August. And so now to come out with this and by all reports, see, here's where I, here's where I'm getting kind of tossed by it because the people are mad that he lied and has been misleading people for the longest time. However, the report yesterday came out and said that he's been operating under those protocols and guidelines and has been doing everything as an unvaccinated person would. So while I, I, I get it, I don't get the outrage because not that part of it. I get him. I get the outrage over him lying because he flat out tried to miss guy, and it's it was a misdirection, right? But in the end, that's just a lie. It's just a smoother lie. You didn't boldface. You you kind of slipped it on in there and kept it pushing because not only did he try to say yeah, and then follow that up with immunized as opposed to vaccinated. He then went on to say there are guys who haven't been vaccinated. I've chosen not to judge them or something to that effect. That would lead you to believe further that he has indeed been vaccinated when that's not the case. His status is unvaccinated. And in fact, he had petitioned the league to have his methods uh, counted as part of, you know, valid for, for to follow protocols and has been denied. Um, this has caused the league to open up an investigation into what Green Bay has been going on. Again, they've had several guys come down with the, uh, with Corona, with test positive for COVID, and at the very least, he's he put on he put on the old okie doke. Okay, he he put on a little sleight of hand, and I'm not as mad about the whole he led people to believe this, that, and the third. As much as the league was letting them operate this way, now there's also some conversation about how his situation is being handled in the court of public opinion as opposed to someone else that we'll talk about in a second here. But I don't want to get into that just yet because I need to focus on the fact that what we're looking at here is a situation where, again, he was following the proper protocols. He just wasn't saying that he was following the proper protocols. And now people are mad at that. And so I'm kind of torn on whether or not that's even a valid argument. Like, are we really mad about that? Because he was doing what he was supposed to do. He just didn't tell you he was doing what he was supposed to do. I don't know if that's necessarily something to be worth being mad over. But I do get him coming out and trying to answer that question about whether or not he was vaccinated with, yeah, I am immunized. And for those out there who are not sure, there is a medical difference. I'm not going to get into it right now, but there is a medical difference. And so to go out there and say that is a clear misdirection clearly a misdirection if not a bold face lie 
Um, Rodgers and company have been cruising, man. They've been out here crushing teams since that opening week loss, and we know how that goes. Um, they're probably trying to make their way to another NFC Championship game. Um, who knows what's going to happen if and when they do get there. This is definitely going to throw a wrench. And again, as I said, they're facing the Chiefs, who are thirsty for a win this weekend. And I just don't know. It'll be Jordan Love's first start. Um, good luck to him. Not too much, though. Not not any. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is where my fandom has to go away because there's a part of me that really wants to see as a Bears fan way down in there because that, you know, they've numbed it. The best part about covering the Bears is that they kind of calloused you to, to covering them before you actually cover them and have to remove yourself from that part of it. Now, um, there's a part of that still exists that wants to see nothing more than the Packers have to kind of struggle at quarterback. That's it. That's all it is. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But this is definitely a blow to them, and and if nothing else, it's a little bit selfish on his part for trying to uh, play the system this way as if it wasn't going to come out. It's 2021, man. Folks are way too nosy for you to try to pull that fast one, and it wasn't even that good of a fast one. So, like, that's the worst part about it. Like, don't do that to yourself. You did it to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, Von Miller, big trade. The, the trade deadline was largely a bust. Uh, there weren't uh, – Melvin Ingram went to the Chiefs. Mark Ingram, not related – Went to went back to the Saints in the best tandem that's been around. Mark Ingram, if you've been following the show, Mark Ingram is one of my favorite players just because of how good of a teammate he seems to be. Don't know him, never met him, haven't heard reports of this. Only what I've seen on the TV screen and in post game, he looks like a really good teammate, and so I've I've always honored that about him. He's back in, in New Orleans, but the big trade, the big big trade, Von Miller going to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are out here trying to be Thanos with two gauntlets. Two Infinity Gauntlets as they just stockpile the talent. They got Matthew Stafford, who's in the race for MVP uh, halfway through the season. And now they add Von Miller, who, by all accounts, isn't the guy he once was. But I wager a bet that next to Aaron Donald with a resurgent Leonard Floyd, that Von Miller's going to have himself quite the nice rest of his campaign. Um, One thing that this does do is piss me off. (laughs) It's because it makes you realize how much or how little your team is ready to do any of these things. People are going to are gonna wring their hands over the fact that they don't have any draft picks, that their cast space is kind of, you know, finagled and, and, and teetering on the brink of, you know, complete disaster. They don't care. This year. We got to win this year. And I know it takes some work to get to that point. Most of their guys have been drafted. Uh, but get to that point. And as a football fan, it pains me to see organizations, especially organizations in large markets, continue to toil away in mediocrity because they don't have to do much more than that. I think that that's a waste of your time, fans' time, but that's the business. And I just admire that L.A. has never been afraid to go all in, and they've gone all in like 18 times, so who knows what that even means anymore. But I'm, I'm very thrilled to see that they have been a team that hasn't been afraid to go out there and, and push their chips in the middle of the table. You know, they got you got to make something happen and see what happens when you do that. And I, I really admire that about them and that, you know, kind of wish that I could see my teams do more. A lot of my teams. Chicago, you know, I've, I've complained a lot about Chicago teams and they're, they're prone, they're, they're, they're aptness. They love to try to act like small market teams. I don't get it. You're market three. Act like it. Be a big dog. Be a big fish. Stop being a, a little fish in a big pond and that all shucks Midwest mentality. I get it. That's where you're at. But you got to be big. You're, you're a big spender. You got to be a whale out here. You can't be. You got to. So just 
I admire what LA does. It had to throw that in there. That Von Miller, you can say what you want to say. Von about to kill in, in La La Land. Promise you that. Bet that. Let's get the picks because you know what I realized, and I I felt awful <laughs> because I never I've I've never done this before in the history of doing this show. I didn't give out any picks last week, and probably for the best because I don't think I've been doing that great this season. I haven't even got to tally them up. So here's what we're gonna do. While I go back and tally them up, we're gonna start anew. Halfway through the year, this is week nine, we're going to start over, and I don't want to say start anew, but we're going to take this from here on and keep it fresh tallies until I get those old tallies back up. I'll get them up at some point. Don't hold me to it. Not now, I'm saying. I'm going to, but I'm saying don't follow me because I got a lot going on. So I'm going to get it, but I got I to gotta get these picks back up, man, and start giving you guys uh, current stuff. Like, ah, that was that was embarrassing. I finished recording last week and was just like, damn. Oh no! And then I was like, okay, well, I'll just add it to the to a, to the tweet. Nah, <laughs> didn't do that either. So um, we're gonna throw some picks down this week, and hopefully we get to a better start than we got in the first half of the season. Falcons at Saints. Give me the Falcons. You know what? Give me the Saints because I think that with them expecting Taysom Hill back, that they will have enough to get through this game against the woeful Falcons who are at three and four. Give me the Saints at home over the Falcons. Cowboys host the Broncos. Dak is supposed to return in this game. The Broncos started off hot, but have not looked anything like the team that began the season um, on fire and are now at four and four. Teddy Bridgewater, my boy. Um, The Magic's worn off. Um, He's become Teddy Bridgewater, my boy, but still just a game manager when things are not all clicking. And so, um, and now they're, pe- they're piecing parts out. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not a good look for them, like in terms of their, their, uh, their outlook on the rest of the season. And in this game, I just don't see them being able to slow down that Dallas offense that has just been clicking on all cylinders for most of the year. Patriots at the Panthers. Patriots, Mac Jones has been looking good. The Panthers have been kind of up and down, and I do not trust anything that they got going on right now because I'm not sure what that organization is even doing, what that team, rather, is even doing. Uh, Matt Rule, looking at you, buddy. Looking at you. Minnesota Vikings at the Baltimore Ravens. Give me Baltimore. Minnesota's at 3-4. I think they'll be at 3-5 and five at this one. But this is the kind of game that they would go out there and win because this has been a team that's been up and down uh, the entirety of Mike Zimmerman's career. And Mike Zimmerman? Zimmer? And it feels like, um, I don't know where I got that from. Holy crap. <laughs> Mike Zimmer. And it feels like this year is just the culmination of that where you got Kirk Cousins playing well, but the team is still losing. And so I think that continues this week. Lamar Jackson and them guys get to rolling again. I'm coming off of there by a week, and I think you just see the Ravens go to 6-2. So, there. Knock that down. Uh, Browns at Bengals. Uh, Baker Mayfield supposed to return. There is no OBJ. As OBJ's pop sent out those that, that YouTube video that had the comments, the Browns have since dismissed OBJ from practice the past couple of days, and doesn't look like there's going to be any end in sight. Both sides have said, that, have said that they will work it out if things go to that point. But at this point, it looks like they might be headed for some kind of a buyout situation or releasing situation or whatever, because the trade deadline is gone. I don't know why they held on to him. Somebody had to offer something. You would think they would just want to move on, but at this point, who knows what the hell's going on with there. Again, this is one of the things where you probably look back and be like, man, we might have probably should have gotten rid of him when we had the chance, and they didn't. We'll see. Um, he's not what he once was, OBJ, but I think he can help somebody who will actually be looking to throw the ball a lot more. And so, that being said, I'm not sure that they actually beat the Browns, not or that they beat the Bengals. Bengals can run. Bengals can throw. And the Browns are a team that if you get 
on t- ahead of them, they can struggle. So I'll go with the home team again here. I'm going so far, so far. Let me make sure I got my recap here. I got Saints, Cowboys. That's two home. Then I got the Patriots on the on the away game. But then I'm going back to the home teams with the Ravens and the Bengals. Moving on, Bills at the Jaguars. Give me the Bills. Come on. Now I'm not going to get into this anymore. Like we're not. What are we talking about? What are we, Trevor Lawrence and them? No, no. They'll be one and seven. Bills six and two. Texans. At the Dolphins. These teams always made a trade for Deshaun Watson. That did not happen as ownership of the Dolphins came out after the fact to reassure everybody that they were never really going to go in on them because they had done all their evaluations and it just didn't make any sense. Again, after the fact, they came out and said this. Just want to put that out there. Texans get Tyrod Taylor back this weekend. Not going to be enough. That team is abysmal. They'll put up. They're both abysmal. So I don't even want to really pick a winner at this one, but I'll take the home team because they are the home team, but both teams suck. So let me put it that way. Dolphins are, they suck a little less, I guess, is the way I would put it. I, I guess. I don't know if I even agree with that, but I would put that that way because that's the best way to put it right now. You got the Raiders and the New York Giants, and I'm going to take the Raiders. They've been playing some kind of inspired football since firing John Gruden. Uh, Rich Bisaccia getting the most out of everybody. Kenyon Drake has seemed to have a resurgence there the past couple of weeks. And Derek Carr, shout out to Derek Carr because in the midst of Henry Ruggs' turmoil, uh, Derek Carr came out and voiced his support for him. And I'm not saying this is going to be popular or that you should do it. I'm saying shout out to him for doing it because it's definitely a bold, bold choice. The Chargers are going to visit the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me the Chargers. They've been kind of ups and down. And you know what? I'm tempted to take the Eagles because it's the West Coast team going to the East. But I'm going to stick with the Chargers and say that they'll figure it out and get a W against the Eagles team that kind of has gotten lucky uh, last week with who they played and how they've gotten ahead of teams like you know the Lions. Like it's the Lions. The Lions are a whole new level of suckage that I don't think we've ever even imagined. They play hard, not hard enough to win. Green Bay Packers at the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs, man. Without Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love might be good, but he ain't going to be good enough to be uh, pissed off. Patrick Mahomes and I would, I would suspect that they are indeed pissed off. This is a game that I think the NFL has wanted to see in the Super Bowl for the past few years and just has not gotten it. They'll get it this time, and they still won't get the matchup that they want because there won't be any Rodgers. It's the wildest thing I've seen. I've been kind of watching it, like I said, for the past three years, and we just it just won't happen. It just won't happen. It's the, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. Give me the Chiefs. 49ers hosting the Cardinals. Cardinals are 7-1 coming off of their, uh, their, their bye week. Were they on the bye week last week? And they're going to get a win. Um, 49ers haven't figured out their quarterback situation, and the defense is not as good as it once was. Was still got a pass rush back in is a little bit suspect. And the offense again has not figured out what to do at quarterback and really doesn't have anything outside Debo Samuel with George Kittle still banged up Tennessee Titans at the Los Angeles Rams. Give me the Rams, man. I, I, I don't have faith in Tannehill. Definitely don't have faith in Tannehill without Derrick Henry. And who knows what they're doing at running back. And the Rams are just loading up on players. And so with that being the case, got to go with the Rams there. And then, lastly, Monday Night Football, Steelers at the Bears. Love the Bears. Really do. Been a fan since 80s, since I could think, since I, could con- since I had consciousness, right? Since I was aware of my surroundings. Steelers. And not because I think they're that much better. I think their head coach is that much better. I think he'll put them in much better situations. And so, in that case, give me the Steelers for that one. So, real quick recap one more time. Saints, Cowboys, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Bills, Dolphins, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Cardinals, uh, Rams, Steelers. And we'll be checking on that one uh, as we get into next week. I'll make sure to put the results of that one up. So we won't get into this situation anymore because it's really not a good situation to be in. So that being said, switch gears. Uh, Listen, man, 
Gonna make it quick on this NBA stuff because it's been quite the 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 whirlwind of action. There's a, another. Uh, there's a lot of games going. There's still a game going on right now between the Suns and the Rockets. Um, I will say that both of my teams have started off kind of interesting. The Bulls are off to a hot start. They are six and two. Right there in the thick of things in the Eastern Conference and looking like a team that's going to be a threat. I still contest that they are closer to, say, where the Knicks were last year and that they're probably a year away from being real threats. But they're going to make the playoffs and make some noise and, and be a tough out for a team. Um, I told y'all that fit was going to be good. That's all I'm going to say about it because I got I ain't got a lot of time. But I'm going to let you know I told y'all the fit was going to be good. Um, the Hawks have been up and down. They are now 4-5 and five after a loss to the uh, to the Utah Jazz without Donovan Mitchell on Thursday night. They don't play again until Saturday when the Bulls play again as well. The Hawks have to figure it out, and they said as much. Trey Young was talking about they got to figure out who's doing what and what guys' roles are. I think everybody wants to be a scorer right now, and we need some, they need some stoppers. And I think that was kind of a, uh, not targeted, but in the area of a DeAndre Hunter and a Cam Reddish, two guys who have been seeking their shot the past couple of games when the Hawks could really use some key stops on some of the bigger guys and letting, you know, Trey Young and John Collins and Bogdanovich and, and Kevin Hurd go to work. Now, the latter two haven't been great, but they came alive the past couple of games. So I think that plays into that theme when I'll go back and look at the box score and when I do my write-up for soaring down south, that'll surely be in there. Um, but again, the Bulls have been off to a great start. Hawks have a lot of time turned around. And interestingly enough, they were four and five through nine games last season as well, and we know how that year ended up. So I know they want to repeat, replicate that success. Maybe not take it this far, right? Maybe get a little bit better than that. And so then the big story in the NBA, because I was going to talk about how you got surprises, uh, surprise starts from the uh, from the Washington Wizards how you got John Morant off to his high start, how Jimmy Butler's averaging a career high in points, how you got, you know, so much happening in, in the NBA right now. Denver's still a six seed without Jamal Murray. Toronto's still a four seed. You know what I mean? Like they were supposed to be out of the playoffs altogether. Brooklyn not, is the fifth seed and needing Kyrie. Like there's a lot of stuff I was going to get to, but news broke that the NBA will be doing an investigation into the Phoenix Suns organization because of their owner, Robert Sarver, and reports of misogyny and racism running rampant through the organization. Without getting too much into the details of the lengthy report that is released by, that was uh, published by ESPN and will now be followed by a report done by the NBA, uh, I'm kind of, again, in the same situation that I was in with the Rodgers thing. Like, am I supposed to be angry? Because if you caught part of my interview with Andrew Donaldson, on the Hertel podcast, uh, shout out to Andrew for the great interview. This is what I expected with the John Gruden stuff. That's why it ties in with the Kyrie stuff, right? We see in different levels of treatment here, stuff that patterns that you should probably pick up on. Um, Donald Sterling, owner for the Clippers way back when, got excommunicated because of some private recordings that he was having with, from his girlfriend then at the time. Released him. C. Vivian Stringer, I believe her name was. And... That was that. This is public workplace stuff. This is what I told Andrew Donaldson. Like, listen, freedom of speech is a thing. It exists. But if you're going to be talking like that in the workplace, you're going to have to deal with those consequences. And I think that that's what you're seeing here with, with Sarver. And so it's tough. It's a tough situation. We'll keep monitoring it. I'm going to get more information before I break it down fully. But I'm not surprised because the guys that are getting 
pop, all you know, pops for this stuff look alike. And I don't mean that like, oh man, they're all white guys. I mean like they're all old rich dudes. <laughs> like they 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 they're all from a different generation with money and have been doing things their way for a long. This is not surprising. It coincides with a report by Chicago Radio and how that's been treated women of co- women and people of color. Like there's been a lot. It's a lot coming around, and I know that that's what people are a lot are taken aback by it all. But when you communicate like this in, in workplace environment, it's gonna come back on you. The Sterling thing was was a unique situation. This is something that again, when you're this comfortable in public, like he's this is obviously something he's comfortable doing. Why is he comfortable doing it? And so that's where I was at with Gruden. That's where I'm at now. And this is where I'm at with like in, in a lesser magnitude. That's where I'm at with Rodgers. Why do I where why is, you know, I'm not really worried about this in particular as opposed to the bigger picture here. And well, I mean so, because he was doing what he's supposed to do. In this case, man, bro, you were talking like that reckless. You're talking reckless like this. What were you doing other times? What were you doing when nobody was looking? What were you saying when there weren't anybody, any people of color around? And so whatever the league does, they do. But I'm gonna tell you like this, man. Your personal beliefs can't be impacting how you interact with others because that's going to come back to bite you because others are still going to be here, period. That's going to do it for this episode of Triple Zeros. Be sure to follow me on uh, Twitter at Joshie Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, clockersports.com, email address, clockersports at gmail.com. And, of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at 30spod. That's the number 30spod. And read the stuff. Last run of pro football. Just wrote about Justin Fields and the Bears not doing anything to the trade deadline. That being a good thing for him now. And them kind of saying, that's what we need to do. I honor that. Uh, PitmanEasy.com. Bulls Hot Star. I've been writing about that since they've been going. And I got one coming out about their, uh, their, their was it three trends or three lines? I can't remember which, but it's three something coming up for the Bulls. So be on the lookout for that. And then Soaring Down South. I'm there every day, baby. If you need to find out about the Atlanta Hawks, check out SoaringDownSouth.com. Um, until the very next time, man. Yeah, I've been in the United States.